Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of the Prog Talks. I'm your host, Dario. And as always, before we jump into today's topic and welcome today's guest, um, please like and subscribe uh, the Prog Space everywhere. And don't forget to get us a cup of coffee or tea. Uh, that helps us out a lot. And today um, I thought I'd introduce today's band uh, with a little, um, yeah, kind of explaining that there's, around two, uh, three types of bands uh, that, that I uh, interview mostly here on the Prog Talks. That's uh, either a, an old band or a band that's been around for a bit that I've been very familiar with. Um, and uh, the second type would be that's an, a, a very old, very revered band in the scene that I'm not that familiar with, but there's also... Um, uh, mostly very easy because um, I mean they're known in the scene, so so it's it's kind of easy for me to um, yeah to know a bit about them, even though I haven't been uh, that uh, an, an avid fan of them. But uh, yeah, today it is the third kind of band, and that's a completely new band to me. Um, I'm uh, happy to welcome Alex from Delvoid. Um, Thank you. You are calling from uh, Norway, is that correct? Yeah, from Norway, from my tiny student apartment in Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's been it's been too long since I've been to Oslo. Last time was um, I the 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 DVDs are back there, so I can't pull it out now. But I think it might might have been 2015 or 16 for Leprous uh, uh, live ah. DVD recording at the Rockefeller. <laughs> oh, cool! Leprous are good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, said that Delvoid is a new band for me. And, uh, I was uh, very surprised when I picked up the, the promo from my emails, um, with one of the singles of the new album. There's a third album, Swarm Life, about to be released. And, uh, you also, you already have two singles out from the album, um, but, um, yeah, doing a little research, I found that you already have two previous albums, um, but they date uh, back a bit. <laughs> the, the immediate previous, previous album was in 2015, Serene, yeah. and uh, the debut album, Delve, uh, was released in 2011. Uh, so that's yeah, been, it's been <laughs> between albums, right? And 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 yeah. the first thing that it was all also in the in the promo text and uh, checking out Serene uh, this afternoon it it, it was uh, very obvious that, that this statement is very true that on the new album it's more band less orchestra because, yeah uh, yeah Serene is uh, as the title implies um, yeah this very very calm for for long passages and the eighteen minute title track is is very very 
post-rocky crescendo and stuff. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, on the new one, you're really, really rocking out. So uh, what, what happened between Serene and uh, uh, Swarm Live now? <laughs> yep. I would say the biggest thing is probably uh, the bassist switch. So we had a bassist called Magnus Falkenbeidig, who worked with us on, uh, on Serene. Uh, and once we got told of, uh, well, he was also called Magnus, Magnus mm. Andersen, uh, who plays another band, great band called uh, Sodigen. Uh, when he started playing with us, we started, we just kind of naturally went in a different direction, I think. Uh, and also, I think probably we all kind of wanted to just shake things up a bit. Like we, uh, some of the material on Swarm Life is stuff which didn't feel like it was right on, on Serene because it was too, uh, maybe, I want to say aggressive, maybe. Um, so, uh, yeah, we felt like Swarm Life was going to be a, a bit more of a, sort of how we we imagine ourselves sounding in a rehearsal room <laughs> if we can say it like that <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 very interesting with um bands or that that have a sound that is more calm like on serene mm. um that in the live environment they're always a lot heavier right And yeah. I, I imagine that's uh, even more uh, true for for a band rehearsal room, as everything is the, the, the space is tighter. Yeah, right. And <laughs> yeah, no, live is definitely. I mean, uh, I've always thought of us as a live band more than a, a studio band, to be honest. Um, most because I enjoy concerts a lot more than I enjoy just like, needing over the same uh, the same material for hours on end in, in a studio. Um, you, you just you just introduced the new bass player. Um, maybe mm. you can you can introduce the whole band and also your your own role in the band. Um, yeah. So um, well, I can start with Among Sunshine, who plays uh, plays the bass and he does a lot of the studio work as well. He uh, he's a um, just say like a radio technician. Is that a correct term? Could you say that audio engineer for a radio? Yeah, I would I would say so. I'm I'm also not uh, I'm not an English native speaker, <laughs> right? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so he uh, he does a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, like uh, pre-production of, of Swarm Life, uh, and then we have uh, Espen Granset on drums, who also plays the vibraphone, uh, and he's currently now touring with this other uh, getup he's got, which is like a. Uh, A, it's like a postmodern folk thing, like a world folk music, and they play mostly for kids. So it's like a comedic act they do, which is is really good. Interesting. Yeah, he's doing well with that. And um, and then we have uh, Eric Johan Holbakken on uh, guitar, uh, who also works in uh, like uh, he designs stages and stuff for live um, uh, live concerts. So. Uh, Yeah, and then uh, my me Alex, I uh, I sing and I play a bit of second guitar, and then I also worked out some of the synths uh, at home here as well for the uh, for the album. Some other uh, noisy stuff. Yeah. So, so so you're four piece, and there was a lot of a lot of orchestration on 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 Serene. Yeah. Um, how did you reproduce that live? Was did you do you have a backing track? Um, mm. Well, mostly did... the songs which are rarely orchestral. Uh, we just didn't play in the same way, well, at least not in the same way. Um, so we would, we kind of have, I mean, we make an album and then we have a live show, a live set sort of, mm -hmm. and we try to make that something unique. 
and something more interesting. Uh, I know it's it's very it's a different situation when you're out having drinks and going to watch see a concert when compared to being at home and you know having time to listen to a full album. So you get to do different things in those different situations, and we try to sort of uh, use that to our advantage. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a huge difference. Um, I I had the the privilege and. Uh, It was so amazing last weekend. I was able to go to Eindhoven to the Prognosis Festival mm. uh, with Catatonia and Lapris and um, also Enslaved playing, for example, and The Ocean. Amazing mm. lineup. And and yeah, listening to live music with friends is uh, just uh, a different thing entirely. Yeah. Uh, feeling wise and sitting at home with your earphones, maybe. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can listen to completely different types of music live, which, you know, I would never, well, not, I don't want to say never, but which I probably wouldn't end up putting on at home. Like I went uh, a few years back, I saw uh, Slayer at Rock Am Ring in, in Germany, which is a band which for me just wouldn't make sense to like, you know, put down and relax to <laughs> at home. That, but in a live situation, <laughs> it's like the best thing ever, right? That's interesting. <laughs> I, I would I would say Slayer, uh, the Slayer, concert i've been to uh maybe it was because it was in the in a closed uh, venue and with shitty acoustics or whatever oh um maybe they work better they worked better in the light in, in an open air environment oh, possibly. Um, but um yeah it was horrible i thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i, I couldn't oh, well. i i rarely uh, barely couldn't make out any songs to be honest it was so loud it oh, was wow. incredibly loud <laughs> oh, we didn't have that problem uh, outside and uh in the fresh german air <laughs> yeah. yeah um but speaking of live music and, and 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 the reason why this was so special for me was of course that there was a long gap with almost no live music i mean i i, I was able to catch right. some concerts in the fall of 2020 and 2021 um but uh of course they were also seated and with masks and with with distance and and whatnot so it was also a different feeling so um since you said you, delvoid for you is mostly a live band how did how did you survive <laughs> these last two years mentally and um <laughs> And and yeah. how did it influence uh, uh, Swarm Life? Because uh, I mean, the, the question would would also be: Did did you uh, start, um, yeah, working on these songs before this shit happened? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, most of our material once it ends up on a on an album is pretty old. Uh, we're always like like what we work on in our rehearsal uh, space now is always, it's always like one or two albums ahead of what we're actually uh, releasing. <laughs> so uh, the, the material's pretty old, but, but uh, the pandemic absolutely set us back uh, quite a bit. I mean, the, um, the, uh, the two singles from Swarm Life, uh, Third Body and Collapsist, they were released last year, around about this time last year, uh, which was way earlier than we were planning. <laughs> uh, well, The album came a lot later than we were planning, so um, and that was because mostly of uh, COVID-related uh, reasons. So it's it's been tough, yeah. Not seeing, uh, not being able to play as well. It's just been just really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I so I guess you put you pushed the release of the album a bit further back, mm. um, maybe in hopes to to have it closer to. Any possible gigs? 
Yep. We'll be having a release concert now on the 20th of May, uh, which should hopefully give people a few weeks to to listen to the album and then uh, come to the show. Uh, so yeah, we won't be able to do that a year ago. So uh, that's that's absolutely right. And mm. um, so, so how how far have you traveled uh, in the past with with Delvoid um, from from your center in in Oslo? I would say um, <laughs> literally hardly anything. Like we are a uh, a tiny band. No one knows who Delvoid is. <laughs> What we do? Uh, well. I guess we have like the Delvoid machinery of of getting out there and putting and uh, and sort of promoting ourselves is just the slowest ever. So uh, a new thing with with Swarm Life now is that we finally have a a record company, which is also a pretty new company uh, called Bandit Media, um, and it's just the help we've gotten from from them has just been huge because none of us in the band have, have a clue what we're doing really when it comes to administration and promotion. And we're all too, in a way, a bit too shy, I think, to uh, to really go out there and just say, you know, you should be listening to this kind of music. Whereas once we have a company at our back, it feels more appropriate sort of to go out there and say that, uh, you know, this is uh, legitimate sounds that you can, you could be listening to. So, <laughs> so yeah, going out there and telling people who have never heard of Delvoid or who have mm. never heard Delvoid's music. Um, you, there, there's also, I mean, if people listening now, you, the, the, um, what, what kind of idea would you give them of your sound? <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of, it's very, it's like a post rock sound but set to progressive metal in a way, if that makes any sense. Uh, it's, uh, I, sometimes I just call it prefix rock because it kind of, it goes under like it's post rock. It's, it's, it's pro progressive rock. It's, uh, you know, it's someone even called it art rock at some time, which is a bit embarrassing, but you know, <laughs> whatever rock. Yeah. In a way. Like a couple of years ago, I, 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 I liked the term, whatever core. Yeah. Whatever. No, whatever rock. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, uh, what, it's difficult. What, what I think is also kind of apparent in, in the sound is, uh, a distinct alternative influence, I would say, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because I myself, I'm not the biggest alternative fan or, or maybe let's say even grunge or stoner rock fan, but All there's right. some Are you like thinking like alternative that's for you. That's like Radiohead or, or alternative rock. I wouldn't, I, okay. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't know which band I, I could, could, oh, uh, right. okay. that's fair. Yeah. As an example, <laughs> just, that, to be honest. Yeah, um, <laughs> just there, there's, there's these, um, the, the funny thing is that there, there's been a couple of bands lately who, who have these influences and mix them with, with like some proggy and psychedelic stuff, mm. um, like Vulcan from Sweden, for example, or, um, maybe, a little bit closer to the Delvoid sound, maybe uh, from Denmark, uh, Franklin Zoo, who are uh, uh, sadly are about to call it quits uh, because right. they announced some um, some some farewell shows later this year, which is really sad because I just discovered them with the newest album. Oh uh, no, that, that's that the worst. They released, <laughs> <laughs> they released last uh, last fall. Yeah. Um, 
I think that that that, that might be a perfect match. So maybe you should I'll have to check them out. Yeah, could reach out and maybe hop on onto one of those uh, uh, farewell gigs. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're 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 based in 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 Copenhagen, I believe. So it's it's mm. it's gonna be a fairly Scandinavian and north and northern Europe affair. So. Um, Maybe, maybe to reach I, out I, to them. Yeah, I, I'm 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 located in Munich in the south south of Germany. So um, I I hope right. I will I'll be able to go to Denmark or maybe northern Germany to to catch one of their last mm. live shows. Um, a chance. Well, yeah, it's always it was always interesting uh, to 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 hear about the influences of bands that are not doing your I would say average progressive rock or progressive metal. Mm. sound um and um i mean we, we we talked about about a few bands right now already and uh but your vocals in particular um i had i had a funny um, um association there but only in like very very soft and delicate uh um parts um where where i had uh, I had to think of uh, Jim Gray from Caligula's Horse. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard we've had uh, Caligula's Horse been brought up in a few uh, in a few situations. Yeah, <laughs> they're a great band as well. Absolutely, it's not something like I think um, when it comes to the things which has influenced us the most. I mean, it's been such a it's such a wide mix for us. There's a Norwegian band uh, you probably heard of called Motorcycle. Uh, which is has been a huge inspiration. Um, just also how the way they do live shows and the way they sort of they have a very music focused uh, live shows. Like there's no there's no circus at all. It's just you just get to to listen and they have some lights, right? And uh, that, 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 was, uh, that would be probably one of those bands I mentioned earlier that I have heard of and I'm kind of familiar with mm -hmm. uh, through their reputation, but never really listen to uh, yeah but, motorcycle is difficult to get into because there's uh, there's so much right and it's so yeah, different what i what i heard is that a lot of album sounds sound really different from each other right mm -hmm. yeah which has also uh, been a kind of an inspiration for us like we uh we also try not to nail ourselves down to any uh specific genre we like to kind of whenever we're in a rehearsal uh space we always you know, like to think that we could play anything and that would be okay. Like no one's gonna uh, stop you if you want to play some sort of cute lullaby type melody <laughs> over something else. You know, it's like we try to keep things as, as open as possible. So uh, yeah, Motorcycle has been a great sort of like uh, almost a role model, you could say, for for how to approach music in sort of a healthy, open way. Yeah, and uh, going going back to to your vocals, uh, mm. is there any any particular vocalist you would to cite as a big influence? Well, I think uh, the obvious one yeah, for people who know me is going to be Maynard James Keenan <laughs> from Tool. Like, yeah, obviously, when I was little, uh, I mean, I've played in Delvoid since I was fourteen, I think fourteen or fifteen. Oh, wow. So for just that's half my life now, basically, uh, and. Uh, Ever since uh, I started listening to Tool, it kind of made me realize how seriously you could take music in a way, like how <laughs> and how you could uh, sing about stuff which is deeply serious and deeply painful in a way which is sort of uh, 
very honest in a way. So, so definitely Maynard was a huge, a huge influence. And then later I started listening to more uh, like Tomahawk and, and uh, Mike Patton and started wanting to do more, shall I say, like athletic stuff vocally. He's <laughs> <laughs> definitely an athlete. With his, yeah, right. A bit more like, vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, absolutely, absolute, uh, it's absolutely mental, that guy. So uh, yeah, him and I think... Um, uh, what's his name from uh, from the Mars Volta? Uh, uh, so Ced- Cedric? Cedric something, yeah. Bixler Zavala? Yeah, that sounds yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another also, band yeah. I'm also only familiar with, I have to admit, <laughs> and yeah. never got into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they've been some, uh, some big influences, I think. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you just touched on another topic I always find uh, very, very curious and very, very interesting to to explore. Mm. And that's that's the 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 the, the topics and, and 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 things you write about uh, lyrically. Yeah. Um, and there was also uh, like some some hints in the in the press text. Uh, like I think uh, <laughs> there was a quote from you. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you can tell us a little bit what's uh, what what people can find. On uh, swarm live, swarm live in particular, uh, lyrically. Yeah, well, it's. Um, I think it's kind of a, uh, a universal modern thing to feel very disconnected, like just generally, like from um, I, mostly from each other, I imagine, but also from uh, what we eat and and uh, and also sort of like from from the things around us, like I have no idea how a computer is built or like the most of the things around me are pretty alien to me, even though I use them every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to sort of start from, okay, we're, we're alienated. We're, we're out, we're far out here and we have no idea sort of where we are or, or how we feel about our situation. Uh, and I wanted to sort of try to, during the album, sort of uh, map away. Uh, so some sort of uh, core to that emotion of, of feeling uh, separated, where that could come from. Um, because, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to find answers to that in in, in theory and, and politics and, and uh, all these sort of self-help uh, uh, books or whatever. I mean, uh, or gurus or whatever. And uh, I tried to want to, I wanted to write something which would sort of, give a lot of people something they could relate to uh, across a, a wide spectrum, sort of, of, of different types of people, and then see if I could sort of focus them in into one core emotion, uh, which is this, this basically a feeling of, of fellowship, of uh, lacking a feeling of being connected to, to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, where I came from. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I can I can relate to a lot of these uh things. And um on previous albums like like checking out Delve and Serene, Delve was kind of was like 70 minutes, Serene was uh, 80 minutes, and now you're down to just oh, under yeah. under under an hour, just under 60 minutes. Um so would you think that that you are kind of learned in in all these years of the existence of Delvoid to be more precise in your songwriting or did you did you did you uh go go on to um when you when you made swarm live that that you said okay we, we want to to 
make things a bit more compact? Well, I think uh, when it comes to the length of the albums, I don't, I don't think that that quite. Uh, it wasn't like very intentionally. It was. It's mostly finding the material which worked together. Mm-hmm. And if adding something only made it worse in a way or didn't make sense, then we just wouldn't do it no matter how short, I should say an hour is, is you know, that's a pretty, for me, that's a long album still. Uh, so, so we just sort of stopped adding stuff once we, <laughs> we found something which we really, uh, which we liked. So, yeah. yeah. Last, last week or actually today as we record this, our um, episode of the Prog Talks, with with John Baghold, a songwriter from Patent Seeking Animals and Spock's Beard, and oh, right. who we actually also talked about album length. And he said, yeah, yeah he, he, he thinks 50 minutes, 51 minutes is enough. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 it can and, be. It depends and, on the genre, I think, though, still. Yeah, that, that, that uh, absolutely. And uh, But the funny thing with the new Patent Seeking Animals album only passing through was that um, uh, <clears throat> they ended up with with enough songs um to just hit that 51 minute mark and and the the two other songs that didn't really fit the 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 album mood um they 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 could use as bonus tracks as as they Mm. were kind of required from the label and so they made it onto the album as bonus tracks but are not part of the official Album right. because they also didn't really fit the 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 the, the mood and then the, yeah, the vibe. Um, so yeah, that that, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big it's a big deal. Like uh, our drummer Espen, he's really into like set, putting songs together and making kind of defining the out al- composing the album from a really like macro pers- perspective. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're asking for someone to give up an hour of their life to <laughs> to uh, to listen to this, right? So it's it's important that to makes some sort of sense uh and that it's something which is somewhat enticing and uh, which makes you want to stick around and uh, and you should feel something by the end of it right other than just you know yeah where did where did my time go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um it reminds me of catatonia songs that make the hour go mm. it was so wonderful Mm-hmm. That, that's uh the, the, there's the very last um line of the dead end kings album i don't remember which song it is but they played that song mm-hmm. at uh at at, at uh, prognosis <clears throat> um mm-hmm. another thing that just popped into my mind because it's it it's been popping up recently uh, uh a couple of times as well um what do you think about um, uh, releases or like albums or EPs that is like just one big piece of music, like a 20 minute EP or a 40 minute or 50 minute album? Because we, we just, we just had a, uh, an amazing 20 minute EP uh, coming out from Frame, Framing Skeletons, mm. uh, the rightful heir to Acrolot, um that's just out. And um, my good friend and uh, Proc Space buddy Colin uh, is preparing the, the release of a forty-minute one-song album, and just uh, just ha- half an hour ago with his band Ashbreather, I should mention, mm. and uh, um, uh, finally just like half an hour ago or so, I saw um, on Facebook that um, Mike Mills from Toe Hider was teasing 
a 50-minute one-song album yeah. from Tohaida to be coming out later this year. So what do you think yeah. of, of, of this kind of approach to composing? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, go for it if you can do that. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't be uh, against doing that with something like that with, with Delphoid. Um, I suppose it, it makes sense to sort of uh, divide themes up in some way. But uh, I also like it when I should say, like uh, you're never sort of left hanging in a way. Like so, the the songs can kind of uh, just move off each other in a in a natural way. And if it makes sense to release that as just one track, then you know, absolutely, that can be uh, that can be great. Yes, I'm just looking for a Norwegian album. Where the fuck is it? Uh-huh. What uh, what artist is it? Maybe I have uh, I probably I have have it out here somewhere in, in, in like a pile. Um, Green Carnation, Light of Day, Day of Darkness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a um a long song that I do think has its its lows where it's kind of you don't know where it's going mm. but then it's quick enough to pick up the pace again yeah to, to, to keep you interesting to, to to not keep you hanging too long yeah i think <laughs> thick as a brick did that really well oh, yeah uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's, i think that's uh that's a good and that good. kind of thematically moves moves very like it makes sense the places they go this this would be an, a different uh um Example, um, right. fa- face warning, a pleasant shade of gray. It's uh, 12 parts and um, it's, it's also these, these parts, uh, they work individually as songs as well, but yeah, they also flow in one coherent song. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that's, that's kind of, kind of well, in between. What about songs where you get like the part one? uh through part four or something on one album and then another album comes and then you get the rest of the same song right if you're a I, I, motorcycle I, I, i've done that i i i have a i have an example for that not on different albums but i i think that's quite interesting here let me check this is like classic prog metal yeah Uh, in the presence of enemies, part one at the I beginning, into and, that as well, and and part and part two at the at the end of the album. Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, it creates like a universe, right, for the listener. Like, oh, we're going back to this thing now, and do we remember that? It's like it's like meeting a, a character that you've met long ago. Yeah, I, I think this the, the songwriting trope also for like I would say regular concept albums or or prog albums in general to to have recurring motives also in mm. different songs. It's 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 um uh, I mean of course it 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 derives from 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 classical music we yep. we have that in symphonies all the time and uh, these themes and motifs popping up um in different guises and 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 uh, in different moods and different uh, keys yeah. <laughs> and all that um um but Uh, yeah, I, I have the feeling that some of some modern prog fans um, <clears throat> they kind of despise this as a like an old songwriting trope, All as right. an old prog songwriting trope. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to admit I'm like like for in the presence of enemies when the when the when the 
theme when the 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 main theme returns it's just so yeah. epic yeah it's like coming home again right <laughs> yeah yeah um there, there, there's there's another um uh, really weird example for this um um just uh looking at the other direction if i can see it quickly now um this i will we we will um put in yeah. the, the album covers uh, manually uh in the post production yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the middle, uh, <laughs> I don't know in which direction it's gonna be. <laughs> because sometimes the the video is uh, switched from in on the recording, uh, uh, um, and and also switched like that. Whatever. Um, there, there's a band. I'm I'm not sure if they're entirely Norwegian. Um, I think only partly. Um, but that was uh, Beyond Twilight, and they had a really crazy concept. Uh, with with some members of Circus Maximus, uh, like like uh, I think Truls Haugen was also singing on that. Uh, for example, um, it uh, was like forty something minutes, and it was just snippets. Like like the the album was called "For the Love of Art and the Making," mm. and it's just just like twenty second, thirty second snippets, and right. it, it would make perfect sense. And like the the um, the concept behind it was that you would be able to put it on shuffle and it would still make sense. Oh, okay. But, but in all these years, it's, 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 it's been some, some 15 years or more that this, <laughs> this has been released. Um, I never dare to put it on shuffle because I, <laughs> it has grown very dear to me in the, in this, um, right. yeah, in the, in the original part one two forty two or what <laughs> yeah well that's cool that's like uh, it's like an interactive sort of improvisation i guess for uh, for the listener in a way yeah. where they can kind of mix it up and, and you can put it in your own order i think they did that for lateralis as well uh for tool where someone made a uh, an alternative track list or track um I was gonna say, yeah, put in a track ordering, I should say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I which I felt that. made more better, more sense yeah. mathematically yeah. or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of fun, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but in a, but in a way, I mean, uh, we spend a lot of time trying to put an album together in the right order, so it's kind of uh, uh, normally. So I suppose it's kind of refreshing if someone wants to uh, make something which is supposed to be able to be heard in. Uh, any which way, sort of rhizomatic. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so uh, going back to your release show next month, mm. are you going to play the whole album in its entirety? <laughs> uh, no, we won't no. be. Uh, we're trying to, it's such a long time since we've played. Um, so we're going to play some stuff from, from the older albums as well. Uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to play Delve as well, which is like, uh, it's like probably the most nostalgic song for me ever uh so how, how, how old were you when you when you composed uh i would have been 15 <laughs> 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 so yeah listening to that it's uh or playing it as well is kind of a uh, yeah an emotional hell ride <laughs> yeah yeah i can i can relate to that with uh, with a lot of albums uh yeah. from that from that time in my life actually one particular norwegian band comes to mind mm. um that that is always very 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 uh nostalgic to me and that would be pagan's mind with celestial entrance all right that's like a 
that brings you back to when you were yeah, young. <laughs> to when I was 15, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they say that's when uh, our sort of uh, music taste is formed, right? When we're like uh, in, our, in our mid-teens. After that, we only listen to one thing. That's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't say that for me. I mean, I, there's no, there's there's, me so, there's so much uh, new stuff coming out, and um, yeah, it's oh, never it's ne it's never ending. That sounds uh, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, wonderful. I do hope that you you will be able to to um, branch out a bit and 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 play a little further from Oslo. Yeah, we would love to. Swarm life. And uh, uh, just one last thing, I was I was thinking about the album, uh, about the band name. Is All it right. is it just like Delve and Void? That's what it is. It's just it's Delve and it's Void. It's it's Delve, delve into, the void. into the Void. Yeah, okay. that's the uh, that's the idea there. Again, being 15 years old, we felt like geniuses coming up with that, but <laughs> we haven't. So. No worries. There's 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 a lot worse play play on words as band names as yeah. far as band names go. Most of them are like some you know like some German symphonic power metal bands or so my or, or Italian. They they have yeah. like really bad puns that are just like super cringe. Yeah, so they're supposed to make us associate it to something cool, right? But uh, the name before I joined the band. I mean, it was it was just three guys with a different bassist. Uh, it was Eric and Espen and another guy uh, called Adrian, and they were. It just started like a, a jam session for those three without vocals, and they were called Passion of Abstract. And uh, we we realized pretty early on that that was just a little bit too pretentious, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we ended up changing it to Delvoid instead. Yeah, it's just stuck. Yeah passion, yeah, passion of abstract would be very, very much cliche prog metal. Yeah, that's um, pushing it. As 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 you have you, your um, uh, at least three words post rock band titles, right? At, at least three words, and yeah. not one of them is off or something. Yeah. <laughs> if these yeah. trees could talk or whatever. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, no, we actually. I think I remember we did play with that something. Uh, No, I can't remember what we were on. Something about lighthouses and turtles and stuff like that. We were, <laughs> we were playing, just having half a sentence as a band name, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, it 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 would would not be as fitting for the band and the sound anymore. Oh, I would I don't say. think so. <laughs> for, yeah. for 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 Serene, maybe, but but not anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not for live Delphi. I don't think it would work. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, it, 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 it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you, Alex. Uh, Likewise, I hope so we'll meet again. That uh, <laughs> someone wants to talk about Delvoid with me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very happy. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, you guys out there uh, listening right now, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to check out Delvoid on all the socials. We're gonna put the links everywhere, you know, uh, and also down below in the description as well as our own links from the prog space and uh, you know this cup of coffee or tea is much appreciated um as our likes and subscribes and comments and all that with that being said that's it for today thanks so much for listening uh take care of yourselves and your loved ones keep spreading that prog love and turn off the light and listen The Prog Talks, produced by The Prog Space.
Main host, Rune Belsvik-Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik-Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.